ordained him as a deacon. And uh, this is an awesome day. Um, it's an awesome time to, to have an opportunity to even ordain uh, someone in Christ, to ordain them for service. It's awesome. And um, some people treat these things as if we're roasting them, but we're not. Brad, you were spared that when we ordained you as a, uh, as a, as a minister. Um, and, and this is a testament to the church as to our spiritual growth and our spiritual needs. Um, and so we have the deacons here on the front row that will be praying over Brother Bill and Miss Linda. And but before that comes, um, a charge has to come. And as with any charge that is ever preached and that you've ever heard me preach in this church, it never is to just one man. It will never be to just one man. It will always be to the entire body. And um, even though he will be charged here, he will be uh, challenged um, because the road ahead of him is going to be it's going to be different. Um, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Um, and all of these deacons can tell you and all these ministers can tell you, OK, it's not going to come lightly. It's not going to um, always be. Um, Rosy is not going to be smooth. It's not going to be a rosy, uh, smooth road. It's not going to be. A, it's not going to be that. But there's one thing, and as I was praying about the charge to preach, and there's one thing that came to me, and and God wants to make it clear to not only Bill and not only Miss Linda, but to this body, and I will will hear that word. We'll hear that message. So let us pray. Father God in heaven, as we come before you today, Lord, you are, you are worthy as we just sung. God, but there's nothing that we could ever do to ever compare to the great and powerful gift you've given us in your son, Jesus Christ. But Lord, I do come before you today, come before you just lifting up your holy name, praying that you speak to this entire congregation, that you speak to Brother Bill and Miss Linda, and that you help me as a pastor, Lord God, to guide and lead and direct. So, Lord God, as this word comes from you, I pray that you remove me out of the way. And I pray for clarity of speech, and I pray for the hearts and minds to understand, Lord God, that you're God your king and your Lord. And nothing man can do will ever outdo you. Nothing man can say will ever outspeak your holy word. But I pray today that you speak to the spirits that are sitting in this church, the hearts that are sitting in this church, and direct them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, and y'all know me by, by now, I know it may seem odd to preach an ordination service out of 1 Samuel, but there's a message here in this charge, and the message is, and Bill and Linda, there's going to be a lot of eye contact with you today, okay, you're not on the hot seat, that happened last week, okay, during your presbytery, 
But this week, there's going to be a lot, and there's going to be a lot of eye contact. And I want you to understand that. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, God is directing us as a people, as servants. And that's what Bill, the role of a deacon is a servant. Is a servant, is someone who serves others, not to be served, not to not to, to, to keep law and order, but to serve. But one thing that's key to anyone who serves is you have to listen for God and listen to God. You have to listen for God and you have to listen to God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting with verse 1, now the boy named Samuel, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. It happened at that time as Eli was, was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of, of God was. That the Lord called Samuel and said, here I am. The Lord, look at verse 4. The Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. When the calling happens, God will always speak to you first. He'll always make sure. He'll always do what's required to get your attention. But he is going to be the one that speaks first. The key here is a person or a body or a group of believers that's willing to listen to what God has to say. It's hard to serve someone. If you've ever been to a restaurant, and you've been waited on, and your waitress or your waiter comes up to you, do they start writing down your order before you speak? Or do they wait to hear what you have to say before they take your order? Which one happens? They wait to hear their instructions before they take your order, don't they? They wait to hear from you because guess what? They are here to serve you. Just like you are here to serve not only your con the congregation here, but you're here to serve God. And you need to listen to him. And when he shows up and he says, here I am. Look at verse 5. Then he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Now, Samuel heard something. He just didn't recognize it as being God. He heard something, but he didn't recognize it as being God. All of us hear something, but we don't always recognize it as being God. And when, when Samuel heard, here I am, he went and did what? He ran to the one that he was serving, thinking that was him that was calling him. But as a deacon, you have to understand, you're going to hear many voices. You're going to hear many people say a whole lot of things, but you better listen to the one that has been calling you. And that goes for everyone sitting out here. You better listen to the one that, not everybody's here to call to be a deacon, right? It's called, but you are here to call, call to serve, aren't you? Yes. 
and you want to listen to this noise over here, you want to listen to that noise over there, there's going to be chatter in your life. Y'all have heard me preach about it time and time again, about the chatter in the lives of us. And it clutters, uh, clutters our mind, and it clutters our thought process, because we have so much going on. And Samuel, all he had on his mind was, hey, Eli is calling me, I got to go. He didn't recognize the voice right away. You're sitting here right now, Bill, because you recognize the voice that's calling you. I'm standing here right now because on October, and I don't remember many dates, but this one I do remember, October 13th, 2005, I recognize, and you see, and, and, and keep in mind, you can't help but know it's God when he wakes you up at 2 in the morning. Because if Bonnie wakes me up at 2 in the morning, I'm going to say, woman, go back to sleep. But God's going to get you up out of the bed. And he loves to do it early in the morning. Amen, Brad? (laughs) Okay, he loves to do it. He loves to give it to you early in the morning. But you're going to recognize, but you've got to be ready to listen. You see, there was a key thing here about Samuel. He was listening, just not listening properly at this time. Not his fault yet. But he, he heard and he responded. You see, now that you're stepping into this servant's role, you got to listen to the details that God is about to give you. We don't listen to the details. We don't listen. And so when we get up and we react to what we hear, guess what we do? We run in the wrong way because we don't we're not listening. We're just reacting to a sound that's in that's come through our head. That's how a lot of y'all ended up on social media. Someone said, hey, do this. Okay. You went. And now all of you, even though you won't admit it, you regret the day that you joined social media, don't you? Like, man, golly, if I got to see this. But listen, you don't want, see, your life of service, it will never be a regret. It'll be hard, but it'll never be a regret if you're listening to the right voice and you respond in the right way. Now look at this. Then look at verse five. Then he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down again. Guess what Eli did? I mean, guess what Samuel did? He listened to the one he was serving. I didn't call you. Now, Eli heard, I mean, Samuel heard something, and, and, and Samuel responded, and Eli denied it and said, I didn't, and it was true, he didn't, but Samuel still responded to this, so he's still listening. See, he's getting those listening ears on. He's getting, that's what Bonnie loves to tell the grandchildren, your listening ears aren't on when they won't listen. Your listening ears aren't on, and they start breaking stuff and tearing up stuff. You're not listening with you. Actually, it's a little bit sterner than that, <laughs> but it happens. Look at verse 6. The Lord called yet again, Samuel, with an exclamation mark. Samuel! But what did Samuel do? So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Second time. 
still not listening. Still not listening. By the way, you can't talk. Just kidding. (laughs) Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. This is the key point right here. And this is why we're walking so slow through this. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, so he didn't know what to listen for. But Bill, I'm here to tell you today, you know the Lord. Linda, you know the Lord. Church, you know the Lord. So guess what? You should be listening to the right voice. And not responding to everything that calls you up out of bed. Not responding to everything that calls you up out of your faith. Not everything that calls you up out of what you know to be true. You need to listen to the right things. You see, Samuel doesn't know the Lord, but he's getting up because he has a servant's heart. You know Jesus. What are you doing? Listening to everything else. As a servant of Christ, Brother Bill, you you cannot afford to listen to anything else. Your wonderful wife is sitting next to you. She can't afford to hear nothing else but, Bill, what is the Lord telling us to do? And you say, this is what the Lord is directing us to do. That's all she can afford to hear. Linda, all you can afford to tell him is, have you talked to God about this? That's all you can afford to tell him. There is no room for anything else. There's no room for conjecture. There's no room for politics. There's no room for opinion. There's not room for anything else other than what is the Lord telling you to do? And then both of you need to sit back and listen for the answer. All of you need to sit back and listen for the answer. Yes, this is not just for Bill. We rush headlong into things. We dive into things and we're not prepared. And then we wonder why, 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 why? Because we haven't stopped and we haven't listened. Once again, you know the Lord. You know him. If you don't, that's why you're confused about what you're hearing. But those that know him, this group of men sitting right here that have all crossed this bridge before you, this group of men right here, you don't think they had that same situation that Samuel had? Is it God? Is God talking to me? Is that who I'm hearing? Brother Roy Hornsby sitting back there right now before he had to go to Howard College. Don't you think he had to sit back and go, is that you, Lord? Don't you think that had to happen? But he had to stop for a moment and listen. He had to come to know him before he could do it. And you already know him. So now what's next? Oh, by the way, I'm not mad at him, okay? I have to, you know, you Y'all know this visitor's here, and they're going to look at me, and he's, he's angry. No, I'm not mad. Bill didn't do nothing. He didn't, he didn't kick my dog, well, Bonnie's dog. He didn't scratch my car. He didn't steal my cheese. He didn't move my pulpit. None of that happened, okay? But you see, the reason Samuel couldn't listen and he couldn't hear is because he didn't know the Lord. Now look at verse 8. And this applies to lost people, too. God help me, God help me. Has he called you yet? 
He's going to call you first. He's going to call you first. He probably heard your cry for help. And he sent you into the house of God and is giving it to you right now. Question is, are you going to respond? What he heard from Bill was his willing heart to serve. What he heard from Brad and Don and Jason and Joel and Roy and Jim and Ernie and Ty. And what's your name? Kent and Mike and Mike. You do. Where he heard from bro man and Eric. There's Eric. I forgot Eric. You were supposed to. Yeah, I got you. He's, no, he's in the right place. He's in. But here's the whole point. He heard. You know what he did hear from them? He heard their willing hearts. He heard them. And it became that willing vessel. And it became this response. And it became this interaction. And, and Samuel is showing right now through ver- from verse 1 all the way down that he's ready to serve. He's willing to serve. He's just got to get the right one he's serving. Bill, you're showing right now you're, you're ready to serve. You're willing to serve, and you're also showing that you know the one you should be serving. Now you just got to put it into action. Now you just got to be that. But you know what? The best thing that you're going to be able to do right now is first hear God before you respond to anyone or anything. Hear him and know him, and you do. Now look at verse, look at, look at verse 8. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. Eli finally figured out, Hey, wait a minute. I ain't calling you, and you're not crazy, and you done come in here three times and woke me up. Somebody's calling you, and it ain't me. And there's nobody else in the house. It must be God. It must be God. And then Eli does this thing. He says, and he said to Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Wow. So Samuel went and lie down in his place. Then the Lord came. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at this. The Lord came. And he stood. Bill! Don't say it to me. I'm going to get out of the way. Mike! Linda! Charles! Liz! Judy! Eric! Heather! Chris! Yes, Lord! I am listening! (laughs) Woo! That gets deep because now look at what happened here. It ain't before he was calling them. But in verse 10, the mood changed. He guess what? Because now the Lord knows that Samuel has been given some advice that's going to lead him in the right direction. It is God calling you. Go back. And when you hear it this time, say, yes, Lord, I am listening. God is calling you. I am listening. Whatever you got to say, I'm going to hear it. Now, look at this. The Lord came and stood and called, uh, called as up at other times. Samuel, Samuel. This time he's standing there. This time he's standing there. 
And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel, right then, at that moment, at that time, guess what happened? He switched from Eli to the Lord, and he heard his calling, and he responded. And the first thing he did, it wasn't he ran out, ran out and built a church. It wasn't that he ran out and started trying to dig a ditch. It wasn't that he ran out and tried to heal wounds. He said, I'm listening. You're not going to fix the world. You're deeper, okay? You're here to serve. But you got to hear before you can serve. Before you can take the order, you got to know it. And you got to hear and you got to listen and you got to say, wait a minute. Yes, Lord, I'm listening. And and then you got to go and you got to stand and you got to you got to get on your knees. You and Linda both. Y'all got to get on your knees. And guess what you got to do? Lord, we got this situation over here. We got a brother or sister in Christ that's struggling. What should we do? We're listening. We're listening. Too many times you want to whip this out real quick, right? You want to come out here, this will help you. Now, sometimes it's supposed to happen. But is that what God is trying to teach them? Too many times we want to just take a scripture and fling it out there. Boom, hey, God said this. Wait a minute, that wasn't the scripture I wanted you to give right now. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. The word always applies. It's just that right now, that's not the one that they need. Stop and listen to God before you start handing out advice from your handy-dandy Pez dispenser. Lord, I'm listening. Lord, I'm listening. Your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. When you admit and acknowledge that you're a servant, guess what happens? You can talk now. What happens? You get empowered. Wow, good word. You see? You see? You get empowered because you're listening and you're getting instruction that you need. You're not, you're not just running haphazardly through life trying to figure out, well, I've got this title now, and I'm full of, i got all these harumphs, right? Harumph, right. We know our deacons' meetings now are not just room full of men going harumph, 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 harumph. No, we're, God is doing things, right? We're praying and we're talking and we're asking God and we're waiting and we're listening, aren't we, deacons? We've developed that mindset, don't we? We're not shouting over each other, are we? No. We're listening to each other, aren't we? Now, when we first came, that was another story. I needed my Captain America shield that day. Woo, son, look at these soldiers. Wow. No, just kidding. Not really. Somewhat, maybe. Anyway. (laughs) It's it's hard to say. Look at verse 10 again. Then the Lord came and stood and called called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. See, you know it's God when he shows up in your house. And you know when God has showed up in your house. Don't nothing move. The refrigerator quit working. Everything just stopped. It's God in there. I don't care how good your sleep is. I don't care what kind of sleeping pill you took. Guess what? It's worn off by that time. And God wants you to listen to him. He's going to get you at that time. You just have to be ready as a servant. You have to be ready to say, yes, I'm listening. I want you to take your Bibles. 
Once you turn to Luke, turn to Luke. Go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Go to verse 39. Luke chapter 2 and verse 39. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. The child, this child, if you notice that word that C is capitalized as Jesus, the, ch the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he had become 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, what was required for them to spend there? Keep in mind, Jesus was the best Jew ever. There wasn't a better Jew than Jesus. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. Verse 44 but supposed him to be in the car caravan and went a day's journey and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. Of course, you know, today's age, that would have got somebody arrested, right? Verse 45, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Now here's your key, Bill, get this clearly. Then after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Jesus, the son of God, was sitting in the temple asking the teachers questions and listening for answers. This is God who wrote the word, who knew the answers and all of this, and yet he was in servant mode and wasn't beyond listening. For what reason? For what purpose? Be it for correction down the road, be it for something to store up to use down the road. But Jesus Christ, the one who served, outserved everyone, stopped to listen in the temple. A servant listened. A servant listened. You hear that? You listen. But you don't just listen to everything. You hear everything. But you have to understand the time is going to come when you hear something, you hear it. You got to make sure that it is God. If it's anything other than that, question it. Question it. Question me. How many of y'all question me after I preach? How many of you ever questioned me after, after a Sunday school lesson or a Bible lesson or something? Raise your hand. A lot of hands need to go up here. You question me, don't you? Guess why? Because you're listening to me, and you have questions, and you want to make sure you get it right. And that's what, that's what you have to do. Guess what? If you're going to help someone, you got to know how to help them. So you got to listen to them to know how to help them, right? And if you're going to serve God and you want to help him, if you want to help God, not that God needs help, but you, you got to listen to what he needs, right? What does he want from you? What is the direction? Where should I go? 
How many boards? How many sockets? How many things go into this? That's what you got to know. And, and when Moses was, he had to know how many boards and sockets. He had to know, hey, how long I have to do this, how long. But he had to listen to God. He couldn't just assume, and you can't either. Jesus had to listen to the teachers. He couldn't just assume. He had to know. If Jesus can listen, so can we. Jason, Don, need two chairs, please. There's just two. And I need them right here, please. Please come. Thank you. Glad to see you here. Bill, please. I'm not going to shoot them if that's what it looks like. You're about to step into a role, a role of service, a role of, of, of faithfulness that's got to be directed to God only. It can't be singled out. It can't be placed to one man or person. It's got to be directed to God. And if, if there's any flaw that we all have, all of uh, this whole group that's behind me, this whole group that's next to me, if any flaw we ho- all have is, is how we assume God is and what we assume God would, is approving of. But you, you have to understand you can't afford that. None of us can afford to assume God is this or that. We have to know by his word. Okay? And in Romans chapter 12, starting in the first verse, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace of Even to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Okay? You're not going to float on a cloud when you walk out of here. Your knees are going to be torn up, worn out, and dirty from prayer. Okay? Your, your tear ducts are going to be try, try, dry from crying, okay? Your, your, your voice is going to be dry from, from crying out to, Lord, to the Lord for people, for things, all of these different things. That is what's going to happen here through this service. Your mind is going to want to keep going because of the simple fact that, guess what? I've got all of this on me. But don't take it that way. Give it to God. 
and let him direct you. One of the roles of being ordained and carrying a load is the simple fact that, you know what? No matter what you go through, you got to remind everyone else that you still have a God to turn it over to. That you still have a God that cares enough that he takes it. So when, when it gets heavy, when it gets loaded, when you feel this pressure, you better understand you're taking on more than you should and you haven't given it to God the way you need to. And that goes for everyone in this church. When you're feeling that weight, when you're feeling that, that pressure of, of I'm not good enough or you know, all of these things that go, you're taking on too much and God wants you to give it to him. That's all. These ordained men, me as an ordained pastor, y'all know I can only handle so much. You know that. That's why you're so kind the way you are. But you know, you know that you have us as your leaders to give it to God, to help you, to guide you. And that's what he's going to be. He's not going to be perfect. Linda's not going to be perfect. My wife, not perfect, is she? I don't know she's perfect, but she ain't perfect. But you know what I mean? She's not perfect. He's going to need help serving you. You hear what I'm saying? He's going to need help serving you. Help him to serve you. At this time, the deacons are going to come forward. The deacons and Brother Roy, they're going to come forward. And we're going to have a time of prayer for Bill and Linda. Each deacon is going to come and they're going to pray a specific prayer. I want to leave with Brother Roy first and then we'll go in succession, starting with Brother Mike. And this is a private, intimate prayer with each one. It's a private, intimate prayer with each one. So as they pray, Please pray with them. Go ahead, Brother Roy.